0: Welcome to the Master Your Genius Podcast with Keith Cornese. Listen in and learn as he coaches entrepreneurs to master their genius. Here's your host, Coach Keith. Hey
1: everybody, how you doing? It's Coach Keith. Welcome to Master Your Genius Podcast. This is a great one, you guys. I am going to be talking to Tim Hill. Tim Hill in seven years went from... Eight, nine ends to being the top 50 under 35 in real estate in Canada. He grew his business. He's got an excellent business that's stable. We're going to talk about what he learned, how he went through it. I was fortunate enough to coach Tim all the way up on this journey. Uh, You're going to love this. Any entrepreneur, anybody in business, anybody in sales is going to love to hear how he climbed the mountains, and of course what you're going to hear, which is most important, the magic pill of real estate, which is Tim and how he stays focused and how he stays tenacious and resilient and focuses on what is important to him and his business and not just the end result, which is the sale. Make sure you guys give this a listen. It's a good one. Episode 12. Enjoy it. Hey everybody, how you doing? It's Coach Keith here, and welcome to Master Your Genius Podcast. This is episode number 12. I'm here with Tim Hill. How are you doing, Tim? Doing fantastic. How are you? Brilliant, thanks. A little, backs, a little back, uh, uh, what am I trying to say here? A little uh, history about Tim and I. Uh, Tim joined, uh, at the time you joined the office, I don't think I was an owner. Nope, you weren't. I wasn't an owner. I was coaching, though. You were, yeah, you were within your first year, I believe. First year coaching, Yeah. Right? So Tim joined our office back then in 2013. I became an owner in the office. We worked together uh, one-on-one for probably a good four or five years. Yeah, right out of the gate. Uh, Today we're going to talk about how Tim went from zero to hero. love it. He went from joining our office in 2013 where he said to me, I said, how are you doing? He goes, I'm doing good. I'm doing better than my friends, is what he said. And I said, wow, that's an interesting statement. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. And now he was top 50 under 35 in Canada, Realtors. That's got to be pretty amazing feed, eh? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Exciting. We're going to talk how you did that. We're going to talk about the journey there. We're going to talk about what you learned. We're going to talk about how you did it. So everyone out there entrepreneurs can to take that leap of faith, like hiring the first assistant, which mm-hmm. you did. And we'll talk about what that looks like now. <laughs> uh, we'll get a little personal too. Uh, we'll talk to him about his wife, Danielle, some of the things he's done in real estate. Uh, and so in 2013 to 2020 in seven years, you've climbed a lot of mountains. Oh yeah. It's tiring thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go to the very beginning. Uh, and as, as I like to say for my listeners, Master Your Genius is if you can just share you know, some blind spots you saw about yourself, mm-hmm. how you changed them, what kind of discipline you put in place to correct them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when I met you, we sat down and I said, how are you doing? You said, oh, I'm doing pretty mm-hmm. good. Matter of fact, actually, you and um, two other gentlemen came to the office and we're negotiating hard to get over there <laughs> realtors and yeah and then when we and then when we sat down I asked you how are you doing you said oh I'm doing pretty good I'm doing better than my friends mm-hmm. and I said really is that how you set the bar and yeah. you kind of looked at me and I said do you feel like you want more and you said yeah and I said do you feel like you have the potential for more and you went yeah uh basically we unleashed the beast yeah yeah do you remember that call absolutely so what was that conversation like for you when you sat down and and realize that maybe you had more in your tank for you. Yeah, I mean, it was really just looking inside, right? And instead of comparing yourself to others all the time, seeing what you're capable. Right, which is important, right? Like, and then when you're comparing yourself to yourself, it's actually an easier game to play yep. because all you need to do is be better. Mm-hmm. When you compare yourself to others, you need to be better than them, That's which right. can be so tiring. It can be for sure. And I mean, you can look at the wrong things too and focus on...
0: Things that aren't what you actually want just because you think it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Right. Limiting, mm-hmm. right. So your thoughts limit, you know, limiting beliefs. And we have lots of those. We're going to talk about some blind spots and stuff like that today. Um, so, Tim, a little background. When did you get married? That was September 1st, 2018. Two Danielle, years ago. Danielle's
0: going to be happy. To I had to that. think about that. It's like asking when your <laughs> wife's birthday is and you have to think twice. <laughs>
1: Right, so you got newly married, Uh, in the last seven years you bought your first real estate, you Mm -hmm. bought a townhouse, now you've sold. You hang on to that and now you're buying a house, which is awesome. Um, So yeah, why don't you just tell me what that's like? Uh, You know, going from somebody who, you know, might not have thought that was possible, especially in the Vancouver economy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to where you are now. How's that feel? For just from the real
0: estate specific yeah, side? Yeah, just right there. Yeah. I mean, it's something that you and I did talk about and kind of putting the plans in place and doing the right things. And it's one of the reasons we bought a brand new townhouse. So we would have the rental restrictions being unlimited or at least for 99 years, which is plenty for us. And mm-hmm. um, that was just really our our goal. And we were able to still keep it and buy our next house and turn it into rental property. So you know, it might not have been the perfect way to do it, but it certainly worked. Worked for you guys. Mm-hmm, absolutely.
1: So you guys move into there. It's the dream home. More uh, or less. If yeah. I could build it,
0: it would have been perfect, but <laughs> it's, it's close.
1: <laughs> and then, you know, it's, it's funny because as realtors, it's tough when you're selling real estate, but you don't own it, mm-hmm. right? Because you were a young guy when you got started. How old were you when you started selling real estate? I
0: got my license at 20. 20 years
1: old. Man, how do you even know what to do, eh? Well, I didn't. That's why I was crazy enough to enter the business. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, there's some people that are meant to be entrepreneurs and business people, Mm -hmm. and there's some people that aren't. And one thing I do know, uh, working with you is you have good business acumen, which means you have the ability to understand profit loss. Um, You were afraid of investing money in the beginning. You want to talk about that for a bit? (laughs) Yeah, I
0: mean, that's a limiting belief too, not realizing that what you put in, you'll get out, just like your hours you put in, you'll get out as well, right? You see the return, whether it's your time or your money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, you do the work, mm-hmm. and that starts the chain of events, basically. Yep. The dominoes start to fall. So I remember you hiring, well, how hard it was <laughs> <laughs> to peel your wallet open. And when you did, butterflies flew out, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not moths. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they didn't get that far yet. <laughs> and, uh, and it was a journey for you to find and commit and hire and mm-hmm. take on that wage. Yep, that's right. Uh, your business had grown, which was good. Mm-hmm. And you knew to go to the next level. Uh, what was the knowing? What was the, what was the aha moment that you realized you needed an assistant? Scanning documents still at the office at 1130 at night. Yeah.
0: Right? You're yeah. the sole body left there. You're right. doing something that you could certainly pay someone else to do and do at a proper time and have a bit of a life. So, yeah. I mean, that would be the
1: biggest thing. Well, it's kind of crazy because uh, Danielle's pretty proud that you're a hard worker. So when you stay at eleven and you come home and she's like cheering you as you come through the door, you might stay there at eleven for more often. So you realize that you didn't want to do those tasks, mm-hmm. but there was other things too probably that helped you. Uh, what what made you take the leap? What was what do you think the defining moment where you're like, I'm putting the ad in, I'm just doing mm-hmm. it? I mean,
0: I think it's capacity. Mm-hmm. I did push it to the limits by doing everything myself and as you know but not everyone listening does that I'm a control freak a mm-hmm. control freak and a perfectionist right yeah we had that newsletter conversation mm-hmm. that one time where I wasn't getting them out then I sent them out on time and I sent them out with spelling mistakes and I realized what's better out than perfect
1: right well and we yeah it was better done we, than perfect. we coined it yes, exactly. yeah that's right right that's, that's what right. we said and and I uh, I said just send it out mm-hmm. I almost hit the button on your computer for you <laughs> well you almost hired the first assistant for me too so <laughs> <laughs> so I saw your potential And I'm going to say, sitting here with me today, seven years later, you see what I saw. Yeah, absolutely. What did I see? You saw what could be. And I was just looking at the present, but not the future. Mm -hmm. So isn't it fair to say that most people look at a future negative outcome or, right, they're not thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, that they have that potential in them. And it's crazy that all we did was change a few things, because I remember that newsletter went out and you came back and you said you texted me there's a spelling mistake in my newsletter and to a guy like me it's like it's not my newsletter so I'm like, <laughs> yeah it doesn't bother me yeah. but to a guy like you mm-hmm. right spelling mistakes errors those kinds of things yep. so you get that newsletter out that's kind of like phase 1 of realizing this control thing has control over me. me so why don't you talk about like when was the first time you really knew you were a control freak Oh, I think I've always known it.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe I didn't want to admit it to myself, but everything's all always has had to be perfect. And how did that limit you? It was time-consuming. Probably the best way to put it when it comes to real estate. I mean, something that actually came up earlier today. I was talking to a colleague and saying that you know what, you need to hire a designer to do your buyer and listing package. And you know, another person chimed in and said, "Yeah, well, you know, it took me about 120 different reviews to get mine done." And I said, "Well." how much time and hours or days did that take you, right? Mm -hmm. said, you could hire a designer for probably 200 bucks and have that done, Mm -hmm. right? So just understanding that your time is better well spent doing actual real estate activities. Wouldn't you
1: say you learn to value your time? Absolutely, and that you have to pay the professionals in anything, just like your house. And you value the professionals? Absolutely. So isn't it crazy that a control freak values others time more than their own mm-hmm. cuz you know as a top producer your income is large which is awesome therefore the hourly rate is large and why wouldn't you pay someone 25 hours or 40 or 50 dollars an hour to design something mm-hmm. so there's this whole place of seeing your value you know when you compare to others like you did when when we were there your value is in a hierarchy of who you hang out with right? Well, it's, what is that?
0: The, yeah, you, uh, you're a combination of the six people that you spend the most yeah. time around, right? Yeah. So
1: exactly. Right yeah. Right. And, you know, I, I believe that, I, I have a saying that nobody F's with my 16 hours, right? So I don't allow myself or my brain to go negative in 16 hours. And when it does, which it will do, I switch it right away because I'm aware How do you deal with your mind and how do you deal with the tough days where it's like, what am I doing? Deals don't go together. You know, you start going down the shit spiral. Mm -hmm. What do you do when you're in that? Well, what I used to do was
0: focus too much on that negative energy. And now I take my five minutes, let it piss me off, and I throw it away. And I had something do that to me on the way here. I've had a few things go wrong this week. And luckily, I'm able to just get past them. I mean, something that also came from your coaching in the past was just understanding that, yes, people go to that negative mindset, so you need to always go to the positive. So I always say you have to wake up every day and assume it's going to be a great day because if you wake up thinking it's going to be a shitty day, go back to bed.
1: Yeah. Or kick, the, kick your butt. Yeah. It ain't true. You know? It, it ain't true. And, and, and the funny thing is, is you said when I wake up noticing, first you have to notice. Mm-hmm. And then you have to shift it, which is actually quite simple because it's always the opposite. You know, if I'm angry, how do I need to be happy? If I'm frustrated, how do I need Mm -hmm, to be calm? mm -hmm. And clients don't hire you to be emotional. No. Right? So this ability to control your emotions, like you said, it just happened before you came in here, not impacting this conversation. (laughs) And so when you're about to walk into someone's house who's paying you a good chunk of money to to be a calm, confident force... Mm -hmm. Uh, do you find that that's how you show up in the house? Absolutely. That's one of the more common comments that
0: I get from clients was that I was the voice of reason and made them feel at ease in the transaction, which made it simpler for them.
1: Yeah. So how does it feel to be a young man and be able to do that? Because a lot of your clients are older and they can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but my clients by majority, vast majority are older than me. Mm -hmm. It's crazy, right? Mm -hmm. You watch them go into the hijack. Yeah, and then
0: you walk them out. And it's an experience thing, I think too. I mean, yeah, I'm young by age, but I feel like I'm old in the business. Right, mm-hmm. thirty-two years old, twelve years selling real estate, hundreds of transactions. And I mean, I've seen you know you not everything, but you know you've seen the thick of things to know what's coming. And of course, you get unusual situations here and there. But you can. Navigate. Well, isn't that what
1: they hire you to do? Like mm-hmm. the a professional knows what's going to go wrong, so they make sure it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. and that's what you do, right? Yep. Um, I actually came up with a great idea for you. Uh, I was with a client. And you know that book, What to Expect When Expecting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you and Danielle have ordered that yet. But... <laughs> she probably has, eh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a realtor, you could do a page in your CMA, What mm-hmm. to Expect When Listing, right? Number one, when a realtor, when I tell you they're going to be coming around 6.15, they're mm-hmm. coming anywhere between 6.05 yeah. to 6.30 because they're on a tour, you got to set the table for these people and let them know. So the expectations, right? Yeah. No, you, you nailed it there, actually. I had a conversation with my assistant this morning about detailing
0: more of the process to clients when they first get onboarded with us. Right. Um, something that you know all so much about as well is gathering feedback for sellers and how hard it is to get. Mm-hmm. And a lot of sellers in this market right now want the feedback. Mm-hmm. Well. We have our protocol, and when we can't get it, we've decided now instead of just letting them know that we've done our process, that at the end of the process we're still going to notify them, saying we've been through the protocol, Mm -hmm. we don't have
1: feedback. Right. Just Something's better than nothing. Well, and here's something interesting too, right? The client, right? So they say that, oh, everyone has access to the information. We help them make sense of it. Actually, what we do is they have... They have a, a broad sense of the information. Mm-hmm. We provide them with the details that impact their life. Your net, interest rates, how this is going to impact you, penalties that you need to pay. Like, you can know what that's like, but to pay a $20,000 penalty, that's what it feels mm-hmm. like. So, you know, when I met you at a young age, you were responsible. You were like an old soul. Always have been. Right? Yeah. Which, which means there's an ability to take information and knowledge and not jump into being a know-it-all, because you never were a know-it-all. You were a learner, mm-hmm. which was rare for somebody your age. Not that, they all, not, that, not that that's not what they do. It's just that there's that know-it-all wall that protects them from looking stupid, and everyone wants to look like they're smart because everyone yeah. wants to be appreciated. Telling versus listening. Yeah yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I met you, I saw that that was in you, was this place to, and I remember saying, like, we need to keep your buyers and sellers all in one place, Tim, and then yep. you started keeping that book. Yes, and you still have it to this yeah, day. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, that's one of the best things ever to keep you on track. Right. It's just a book, and you write all your leads down, all in one place, yeah. so that you know if you're good for the next two months. Mm-hmm. So and uh, so anyway, so we fire off the newsletter. We get over that hurt. Yeah. So that was the control issue. But then we had to hire an assistant. Remember the fear of training? hmm Yeah, and not knowing where to
0: start. Dumping, what you called the uh, I think the unconscious competence. Yeah. Right. What you have in your head, but you don't have. Like, there's no book there to give the person. Yeah. I just know what I'm
1: doing. I think about it. I don't. How have do you transfer a, yeah, that? Didn't right? have a manual at the time. And I said, "We'll solve tomorrow's problems tomorrow. Let's just hire an assistant. <laughs> <laughs> she can make the manual.
0: <laughs> Wasn't that what we did with right? the first one? Yeah, uh, Anna. Or er, uh, sorry, yeah. Michelle, Michelle. Michelle. Michelle made the manual. Michelle was in Australia, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah.
1: And I loved coaching Anna too. Yes. Like Anna was fun to coach. She was she was definitely different from Michelle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. all these different perspectives. I haven't had the
0: same assistant twice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what does that say? No, yeah. I'm just kidding. So then we went we went there, that was and then you had a third assistant.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I also went through the gap of doing it myself again. Oh, tell That us was about, about eight that. months. Well, I mean, I try not to think about it to be honest, but um, went off of yeah, I mean, that was after Michelle and Thought I could just do it myself again and figure, you know what? No. How did that year turn out? So that was, that would have been 2016 or 15. Again, I mean, I always look at the positive, so it must have been great. It might not have been the best for deals, but it was, Right. So I think like,
1: it's important that people know that when you hired the assistant, right? So when I met you, you came in October, November-ish. Precisely. Yeah. July twenty nine. Sorry, there you go. Yeah. And you had done like, I don't know, 9, 10 transactions the previous year. And I told you that you would be doing 24 in no mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And then basically by Christmas, you're on roll. Well, that year I finished with 20. Yeah. My best year before that was 15. And then after that, you went to... 44. Yeah. Boom. And then some great things happened. You landed a site. You, know, you started your brand. You actually... Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this. You have this great guy that you still probably work with yeah. that does all your design do. and branding. What's yeah. his name? Matt Blair. Right. And so he was a buddy of yours. He worked
0: for the, what was it? Not the record. Uh, the News Leader newspaper. Yeah. He was doing all my back page ads mm-hmm. and I had to chase that guy. I kept saying, will you please do design work for me? Will you please? Will you please? He wouldn't respond to my emails. And one day I get this email and it was like a gold star coming through my inbox Hey, Tim, I'm thinking about taking on a few clients. Are you still interested in my services? Sign me up. Yeah. And he's done a
1: great job.
0: He's done everything for me since. There's nothing I've touched myself.
1: Yeah. And, and anything you want, you just, I want to do a flyer that looks like this. Uh, So let's even go to, when is breast cancer month? Uh, Right now. Okay.
0: Yeah. Raised almost 1500 bucks so far
1: this month. Right. So uh, your mom passed away with Mm -hmm. breast cancer. Uh, And one of the things you do in breast cancer month, all your ads are pink. Yep. All your, do your signs go pink too?
0: No, we had a topper actually. We didn't use it this year though. Um, mm-hmm. I did a ten, or, yeah, ten for Tim. It was called, and if you took a photo with it, uh, I would donate ten dollars to my run for the cure.
1: Really? Yeah, and then you do the run.
0: Yep, and did the run already. Day.
1: Much better at running now than I have been for the last seven years. <laughs> cool. But, so, uh, so Tim's in here. He's wearing the mask. It's obviously during COVID. Your dad's moved in with you. That's right. Yeah, yeah. pops is with us now and yeah. his dog and his dog. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: and your car yeah well (laughs) which one i I had to sell one yeah but i have the other one with us yeah yeah
1: so what's that like you know kind of reverse role now hey you got your dad living with you and you like it i'm i'm happy that
0: he's with us it's a learning curve it's getting used to it um I mean, you know, having just someone else in your space is different, Mm -hmm. right? You get used to it. You may even get complacent, right? Danielle and I, plus Liam, our cat, that was it. You know, I mean, it's like you walk around in your boxers, naked, whatever it might be. No one cares. Now Pops is there, right? Got to think twice um, about it. And then just getting used to his schedule and uh, something that I'm big on is routine. Yeah. Right? So, you know, I've been up because of the dog at 4 or 4.30 a.m. almost every night because she's barking, wants to pee, and it's all good. I'm, you know, sleepwalking yeah. down to the back
1: door and letting her out, but it's
0: different, right? So let's
1: talk about routine because I know that you're very busy, you do a lot of volume, and you've got a lot of work to do. Uh, even though the assistant's in, you don't drag your butt in at noon. You don't. <sighs> what time do you get to the office? Well, so my typical day is training 8 to 9 and then the office after that. Yeah. And then you get
0: to the office, you sit down, What's the first thing you do? First thing I do is check my emails. Good. Yeah. See what's happening, what came in overnight or what came in late at night. Phone still goes on. Do not disturb at 10
1: p.m. So it's always a little bit of overflow you got to catch up on. Brilliant. Let's talk about how you learned about time management when I challenged you on your CMAs. hmm Remember yeah, that? Yeah. And the latte at the end of the day. Yeah. So you told me it was going to take you an hour to do your CMA. And I said, give yourself 20 minutes mm-hmm. or give yourself a half hour or something like that. Yep. And so you went in, locked the door, and did it, and you came back and went, it was better than when I had the hour.
0: Less distractions, I mean... Just as an example for time management, if you're in the middle of something, I do prefer to monotask now, not multitask, yep. right? So if I'm doing something, I'm not picking up my phone call, yep. right? I mean, if, uh, you know, generally it's a realtor calling, they have a question about a listing, yep. um, they could send a touch base, which is that email communication, right? Yep. For everyone that doesn't know. Uh, but at the end of the day, if I call them back in 25 minutes, it's probably not going to end the world. Yep. And I'd rather just get what I'm doing done.
1: So a couple things I heard there. One is sequential tasking. You do the task that's most important first, Mm -hmm, block the time, do it, get it done. Get the big ones out of the way. So if anybody is out there saying they're busy, that's my word for wake up because Mm -hmm. you're not organized and you can crush many tasks when you're focused, especially if they're in order like Mm -hmm. that. So I remember that time and then you were like, and then you came back and said you did two and a half hour once and all of a sudden you realized what you could do in that mm-hmm. time frame. So how did you practice that or integrate that into how you're working now? I
0: mean one of the things I like to do now, I used to be also really good or bad, however you look at it, at overpromising. So every listing appointment I would tell them they'll have their CMA in twenty four hours. And there was a point I could do that until I realized I couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. So instead I started asking, when do you need this back buy? Mm -hmm. So the ones that are like, well, you know, we're probably selling next spring, get it to me sometime next week. Perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. But scheduling it in, because if it's not in there, I find it's really easy in this business to get pulled left, right and center. And if you don't have that in there, it's easy to forget about it too. Right. So,
1: so let's talk about the first time you did the life wheel and the work Mm -hmm. wheel. Right. And I know that you love to work hard and you're at the office, but I remember there was a time when you weren't happy because it was impacting your life Mm -hmm. in a negative way. That's all I did. Yeah. Yeah. I think you were living on first Avenue at the time. Oh, when I was in Queens park Yeah, on second. Yeah. Yeah. Second Avenue. And I remember you, you kind of beating yourself up for not spending more time with Danielle. Mm -hmm. So I, was it, was it the aha moment when Danielle got hit in the head with the baseball and went into a coma and yeah. had to have the surgery and was almost dead? That was a huge perspective on life. Yeah. Yeah. And then you realize that, you know, as you're getting all these learnings, like look at what you've learned on this journey. I'm taking you back in time. Mm-hmm. Pretty good memory for 2016. an old man. Eh? <laughs> Not a bad memory for an old no, man. No, it's eh? great. <laughs> and uh well, I'm invested in you. I like you. Yeah. I think you're a great guy. I, I always have. I knew you had what it took, you know. And, and honestly, as a coach, that's one of the things that people don't understand. But I can see someone, and I know they're going to struggle or not struggle. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew you were going to do good. I just didn't know how good. You know, didn't want you to do better than me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, are we talking about the on ice or real? No, estate? Sh- I just no, sh- everyone's going to think my podcasts are just with hockey players. <laughs> Um, so Danielle gets injured. She comes back. That's great. She's doing really good too. Yeah. You know, I think you're an inspiration to her cause I watch her and I watch what she posts and she finished her education. Mm-hmm. She's now uh, paralegal, paralegal and she's hammering it out there. She's always yep. been great. Always doing good work. Uh, she's got this affinity for Drake that I don't like, but hey, <laughs> uh, you, you put up with it. So. Yeah. yeah you know, we can't all like the same things. <laughs> okay. So now we've gone through kind of your starting process. Mm-hmm we gone through the growth. Uh, we went to your marketing because your marketing changed. Then you decided to invest money into your business by your farm. Mm-hmm. Why don't you talk to the people here and, or just to me and let me know how you overcame knowing that you're going to have to spend some, some, some big dollars. <sighs> I mean, one
0: of the things that did change is as my business started growing and I wasn't marketing, I was accumulating more right so for me it was also easier at that point from a mental standpoint to say well i can spend some of it now cuz i don't need this money
1: so you're responsible with your money you saved it you just didn't run out and buy yeah a material Tesla. material junk right. whatever i know that you have Got some great things lately, but that's seven years later with four great years under your belt, and yet you had to invest in your business first.
0: Yeah, I did, and I mean, those are just sort of every once in a while you need to reward yourself and enjoy life too, whether it's a vacation or something else that you enjoy. And uh, that was something you also taught me. We can go on that tangent later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, to to go full circle, I guess it was just, it was for me building up that nest egg to be comfortable. That was something I had to get over. Now I don't fear that, but that's, that's what took me a while to really reinvest in my business. And once I did that, it was setting a plan. So knowing, and I've been told this for years and you reinstate it, that farms don't turn around overnight and uh, you know, I mean, neither does any marketing type and it was sticking to the plan and uh, just continuing with it. So that was part of, you know, having the designer on board. Uh, He came up with some great ideas for me too, without me asking for Mm -hmm. for our flyers and We were just consistently hammering them out and I mean it did take about a year and a half which Mm -hmm. is what they always say and Mm -hmm. it was just ironic and I remember going into listing appointment and I asked where you got my information from And she said I kept your flyer Mm -hmm. it was you know and and I kept getting them and so I had this one here and I thought I'd bring you in and I ended up getting hired for the job and uh, I mean I think this is a great story from a farm side of things Mm -hmm. um, I asked her why she chose me and she said that she felt that everything I said to her was in her best interest and I was genuine about my position on it. It wasn't about me. Um, and I put her home on the market uh, in a market that you were not uh, seeing things on fire. We mm-hmm. ended up selling in multiples over asking price. Don't remember if I had subjects or not because I was probably about 2015 or so now, so probably did. But anyhow, um, I mean, that's turned into somewhere near five deals since, yeah. which was through her
1: family and referrals. and Right. And here's the thing, right? If all we do is measure, instantaneous results. I sent out a flyer, I got nothing. We have to let go of something, mm-hmm. right? You have to be all in in the process. You can't be half in and you no. can't be all out, obviously. So you, you do the flyers and you probably haven't turned a blind eye since. Did you yeah. stop during COVID? Um, no... Yeah, I've
0: I've just changed the way of doing things. I'm also sending more direct mail now, mm-hmm. so not just. I received postcards. a piece, and I can give you a critique yeah, on that. You, if you did because like. that's right. You were in the hood. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I opened it up. Yep, it got to you. No picture of Tim. No warmth. No. Nope. No. Did it warmth. have my card in it? Uh, no. Oh, it should have. No, it was a typewritten letter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Hand si- I, oh no, not but, hand signed. And it, and I opened it. I liked your logo, but no warmth. Hmm. No warmth, All right. Timmy. All right. And I'll tell you something else, Tim. As an ex-owner of three franchises, and if my realtors, ex-realtors are listening, <laughs> and a realtor of 24 years, I have had four sales in my neighborhood happen, and I don't know the sale price, and it's driving me nuts. No, no mailers, no just sold, no door knocking, no flyers. Nobody's got me on any You kind must of have throwback. changed your email. Do you, you don't remember this.
0: Or maybe you don't, I should say. We, uh, executive in. You were speaking there one morning when you were still an owner. And you complained about it. And I put you on an yeah, auto-notification while I was sitting there. <laughs> <Yeah>. So,
1: <laughs> Well, I'm not getting them anymore, yeah. so maybe I changed yeah, right my up, email. Right I might right have changed. Right it might have been info again. at, at <laughs> kcornies.com. Let's talk about vacations. Mm-hmm. What was the learning or aha moment that you had around that? And how did that impact you? And how have you integrated that into your life? Yeah,
0: I mean, planning them, right? And I was told that for a long time too, committing to it and just knowing you're going away. Because, again, in this business, you can get so tied up in it. It's always the one day, and that can be one day I'm going to start a farm, one day I'm going to go away, one day I'm going to hire an assistant. One day never comes. Right. Um, so it was just yeah, making it happen. And actually, it was a combination of you and Danielle. Danielle said, "I want to go away," so we're going. And I think we went three weeks later. We yeah. booked a trip to Cabo. Uh, we met some amazing friends, and to be honest, uh, I sold one of them a house two weeks ago in North Van. <laughs> and I've done a number of deals out of the group of people we've met there. And uh, I mean, pretty much every vacation that we've been on, we've met awesome people and. That turns into business even better,
1: but uh, I mean that's not what it's about. It's just really having that experience. Right. So what I remember was was you were always like so going to do it one day, mm-hmm. and I was talking to you about leading your life, not managing your life. And so I made you put it in your schedule. And then you booked it and went. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, you've always put in your well, schedule. Well, and
0: even Income Eve was another place yeah, that's where right. you, you basically sent me there. You said, oh, you said you want to go away? You like wine? You know, your wife likes sun? You're going here. We yeah. booked it. We went away. And we
1: go on that same trip every year now. Yeah. And what's great is, is having that tradition with your wife, mm-hmm. right? Because when you have kids, it's not going to be so easy and it's mm-hmm. not going to be the same. I always like to say that the, 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 the partnership, the marriage is the heartbeat of the family. And if the heart stops beating, the family stops, right? So when you have kids, you want to make sure that you continue on with date nights and mm-hmm, you continue mm-hmm. on with that stuff. So that's the vacations in a nutshell. You've went to, uh, you went to Italy? Yeah, or? we were in uh, Italy and Greece last right. year, th- uh,
0: late June into early July. was that yeah. honeymoon. Yeah. Yeah, 17 days without my work phone and uh, just a carry-on luggage. It was fun.
1: Yeah, and then when you got back, what did you learn about going away?
0: Well, well, the biggest thing that I took away from that was actually stepping away from the business. Mm-hmm. Um, really didn't look at anything. I mean, I, I did take two phone calls because there were a couple of fires. Um, but I mean, I took them walking up a set of stairs. Where were we had This was in Sorrento. I remember the one. A deal was to go in sideways, and we had just finished dinner on the beach. You know, eating fresh caught fish and drinking wine. So. Whatever, a 10, 50 minute phone call, we walked back to the hotel, no big deal. And yeah. then it was just back to enjoying ourselves. Yeah,
1: and it's good to have somebody who's with you that's not going to, you know, as long as you don't take advantage of that, mm-hmm. but somebody who supports you in that as well. I asked is, if
0: I could take the call, because yeah. I said,
1: I don't really care if the deal collapses, we're on our honeymoon, it is what it is, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. All right, so now we fast forward, mm-hmm. now you've had some really good consistency, and you are one of the young leaders for REMAX for Western Canada. Mm-hmm. So how did that come about? Um, well, let's see. They Okay, so they sent out an email.
0: It kind of piqued my interest. I thought well, it would be nice to be involved in a certain capacity to help Remax grow and help their agents and kind of relate it to hockey in a way. Growing up playing hockey in the U.S., we didn't have the best coaches. Um, you know, it was a smaller association. and. That's one of the reasons why I coached for 7 years was to give back, right? You know, I was the coach I wish that I had when I was growing mm-hmm. up. So kind of thinking in that sort of mindset if I can help the younger agents have, you know, what what I didn't have in my first handful of years. I um, mean, you know, I'd love to be able to do that. And it was got selected as one of their ambassadors. I believe there's 11 of us. We had a zoom conference call this morning. That was where I was talking about the uh, listing and buyer packages mm-hmm. actually. And uh, I mean, we had our, well, our first and only in-person was in Banff last fall. Mm-hmm. Um, this year we were supposed to be in Quebec city for last week, actually, I obviously canceled because yeah. of COVID. But um, no, it's been a good experience and just really helping them figure out what they need to provide their younger agents, mm-hmm. right? So what do I want? And getting a chance to express that opinion. And then also just the collaboration. We've got a yeah. Facebook group where you can bounce ideas off of one another. if you're looking for
1: even a referral partner or anything of that sort, It's just an, an open group in that way. Brilliant. So networking with hockey as well because they do that with Remax, networking mm-hmm. with the young leaders group. I know that you also have a mastermind group. I yeah, still have my hockey mastermind, right? the, the guys yeah so, the REMAX hockey. That's, yeah. so that's a group of guys that meet and play a tournament around yeah. the uh, yeah, Amount. First week
0: of February every year, um, yeah. probably not this coming year, Yeah. Um, but uh, every yeah. year prior. Exactly.
1: So that's great, networking, uh, sphere of influence, friends and family, you work that, you do your, you do newsletters, you do that kind of stuff, you stay in contact yeah. with them.
0: newsletter still goes out 12 times a year, once a month, right, first uh, first week of every month, and I actually just tracked, because I know you love numbers, so, so far this year I'm at 92% is either repeat referral or sphere business.
1: Yeah. And how much new business are you getting? Like people just randomly calling off your marketing or farm? As far as closed deals? Yeah. But not a lot this year, actually. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting because uh, that's an aspect of business people don't look at. So other ways to create that business. Mm-hmm. Um, but, anyways, when you got a strong business, you got a strong business. Uh, so the next thing I want to chat with you about is what do we talk about here? Yeah. So you said. So this is interesting. So there was a young guy that came from a Layden. Yep. He was from the high school program. Or no, I coached him. Oh, in you hockey. coached him. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then he wanted to get into real estate. Yeah. He wanted to
0: get into real estate, chatted with him a year or two before he even took the course mm-hmm. uh, to kind of just give him the Coles notes. Right. I mean, anyone that ever asks what's it like to be a realtor, I'm happy to shed the <laughs> good, bad and ugly. Right? Yeah. Um, Cause it's just the reality, right? Stuff that <clears throat> I unfortunately didn't know. Yep. Right. I'm kind of, I just hopped in with two feet and, and started running. But, so you um, took him on
1: as a mentor. Yeah, so I started mentoring him in uh, end of November of last year, and then uh, that worked out really good. And you're still trying now. You're just trying to negotiate or figure out how that's going to look in the future. Yeah, we're.
0: I mean, basically, right now, um, any new leads that come my way, I'm <laughs> just spinning directly off to him. Really? Uh, so I'm cultivating my current clients and making sure that. I can do what they need and I feel like I'm at you know a pretty so high capacity. So there's the new business we were just talking about. Yeah, well, and... and right, when so you there were, it is,
1: right? So you did generate some leads. He probably is a little hungrier for the B and C mm-hmm. leads. Well, that's why I asked her, like, yeah, the, from the closed side, it's low, but, yeah. uh, I mean, it's still coming in. It's
0: just managing it differently.
1: You know, any entrepreneur in any business should become a mentor because then you can hear your own wisdom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it also reminds you of things. There's times where I'm like, I got to get back doing that. Yeah, right? it works, right? I should do that. Mm-hmm. So... Which, which brings me to this. So you went and you didn't like the coaches you had. So you went back and coached kids because you wanted to be the coach that you didn't have. So what kind of things did you do as a coach that you thought were effective? When I, oh, so, okay, so when I
0: was coaching hockey,
1: the difference was it was
0: dad's coaching that didn't play. Mm-hmm. right? So I had the experience. I had just come out of playing junior hockey. You now I knew the current game. Right, that was another thing because, I mean, by the time I have kids, we'll see how far I've been out of junior hockey, and it's going to be a different hockey game then. We've seen the way it's excelled, right? And it's a faster game now, and so I was just able to bring more of the the current type
1: of hockey back and, to. And it. so, was it just all tactical, or was there any kind of emotional aspect mm. to it as well that you didn't like that you do differently?
0: No, I mean, another thing was I just feel like the age groups that I was coaching, and even when I was younger, so let's just say uh, eight to fifteen or so you could relate and you'd look up more to someone that was in their 20s. It was a different perspective than dad, right? So I just, I I felt like that just, I don't know, we'll call it like the cool vibe,
1: right? When you'd have the younger coach and- Cole was really lucky because when Cole's in the room right now doing sound and video and, but he's really lucky because I was his coach. So it was perfect, right, Cole? (laughs) Quit nodding, okay. (laughs) So yeah, so keep going, sorry.
0: No, it's okay, yeah, I mean, it was just giving back in a different way and I felt like- I don't would have think, listened about it, right? Do think that
1: your farm, that your work in the community is strengthened by the breast cancer mm-hmm. awareness, it's strengthened by coaching, because yeah. a lot of those parents saw you, I think the more involved you are in the community, and even if you take a look at one of the top producers, Dave Valley, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And so I was thinking of when you were saying that. Yeah. And he's yep. so in the community, he's in the high school, you know, I think that's the most important thing, because if you genuinely give back... Mm-hmm you show a core value that people all have but don't do because they can't be bothered with the time. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, what do you think? So what do you think are the keys to the growth of your business and how it stays so stable?
0: So in order to scale, it was really systems. Um, So systems which turned into time blocking. Um, So things that you know, but I mean, I'll touch on. Every Tuesday is my follow-up day, right? Monday is like my prep day. So what happened over the weekend? How many people do we have through the open houses? How many showings did we have last week? What's the feedback? You know, so on and so forth. And really looking at it and just analyzing it, right? So having that information gives me some time to process it. And then every Tuesday between 10 a.m. and noon is when all my listing leads will hear from me and all my buyer leads will hear from me right so keeping myself accountable in that way it's in my schedule it's there every week it's on repeat uh, just like your coaching was with me uh, every yeah. friday right and uh, and just i mean religiously acting on it mm-hmm. right knowing that it has to be done and that goes when I mean, we didn't get too deep into routine but that's why i mean alarm goes off at the same time every day it, yeah. uh, it doesn't change it doesn't matter if it's monday or sunday
1: so you know one of the biggest problems um especially with COVID because basically we're at like seven months right now and it's going to go on longer. You know, a computer will go to a certain point and a surge protector will shut her down. Humans don't have that. Mm -hmm. So they check out, you know, they start drinking, they start doing drugs, alcohol, gaming, sex, whatever. It doesn't matter. They find an addiction that releases them from this, this place. What are you doing to stay positive in this time? So for me, at the
0: very beginning of COVID, I think it was dark for everyone. One of the things I did there, which I was recently reflecting on, is I let my voice do the talking. So I was more just putting out, like, it was forget real estate. It was, this is what I think we need to do as a community to be better, right? This is how we're going to get through it. Now we know it is a longer term thing, like you said. So you have to look past it. How do you navigate through it and still help people, right? Right. And so after that, we'll call it the first two, three weeks of darkness, I just realized I got to get back to pounding the pavement in the sense that I have people relying on me, right? Um, I sold your home end of February. You have to move out end of April. Mm-hmm. I can't just abandon you, mm-hmm. right? It's, to me, I don't know how to define that core value, but that's just what's in me, right? I've always put my Loyalty. clients- uh, Yeah, that's a good You know, actually a word we came up with at R4 was devotion and it's still in most of my notes because mm-hmm. that is certainly a core value. And that's just, I'll put my clients- Being you know, of service, know, Yeah, they're, they're on my shoulders, right? Yeah. I, if something bad happens to them or a deal collapses or they, you know, they missed the offer or whatever it is,
1: I feel the pain with them, but I'm also there to help coach them through that. Right? You know- what you, you said a couple of things here that I'll kind of bring full circle. Uh, so we go to devotion, right? You talked about you're only comparing to yourself. Uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the mechanisms that we have in our brain is what I call comparisonitis. Everything's in a hierarchy of order oh, of importance. Uh-huh. And so when I buy this pen, I only pay $1.99. If I paid $500, it better be the best pen <laughs> in the world. And so we're afraid that in a hierarchy, and when we're running from the wild animals, I don't need to be faster than the wild animal. I just need to be faster than you. <laughs> so I better compare to Tim. You know, is Tim in good shape or bad shape? Um, so that comparisonitis. So in real estate, when you consider yourself a realtor or a salesperson, mm-hmm. you always compare to other realtors and other salespersons, mm-hmm. and there's always going to be somebody bigger and better, which automatically puts you lower on the hierarchy, which automatically triggers this insecurity and low self-esteem. So your body language, your tempo, the language, all Mm -hmm. your social Mm -hmm. cues change. People don't understand that. Here's the thing that I'm hearing when talking to you is, is when you only compare to yourself, you're not less than, you just want to be better. Mm -hmm. Now here's even better, it's the magic pill. It's this devotion thing that you're talking about. If you look at the facts of the world through the lens of devotion, it creates a thought of how can I make an impact, which is a positive thought, which creates a positive feeling, which creates a positive story about yourself. And now you're saying, I'm a good person and I'm doing this. And then when you execute the actions, you have a great state of mind, you have a future positive Uh outlook, and your attitude's awesome. Therefore, you execute the action with better social cues than others, more confidence, shoulders back, head Uh high, uh good eye contact, not looking away, good tone of voice, great listening skills, and then you get the results. So you're sitting here as a top producer, and I think the people have heard it many times in here, it's about what I do for the people, it's how I help them, I'm devoted, I'm of service. And if anybody's struggling out there, it's because they don't have a connection with that, because they think they're a salesperson, so they're going out and they're taking courses or hiring Mm -hmm. coaches to be trained how to sell, which is great, because that's a skill set you need, and the truth is, you know, buy my stuff, because the psychology of sales is way more important than canned language. But anyways, so what I'm hearing is, is your ability to see things through the vision of someone who's devoted of service and caring, who you know, is giving back to the community, uh, like Dave Valley, top uh-huh. producer, uh-huh. same thing. And you know the number one thing about all top producers is the top 1% is they're all likable. <laughs> and then you have this going for yourself. How do you think you got that vision? Was it dad? Was it mom? Was it a coach? Was it just naturally in you? Was it an old soul? Like, how did you, because you also said the word responsibility, Mm -hmm. where, you know, a lot of people are struggling because they don't have that sense of responsibility. So how did you get that? How do you think you got that? Uh, Well, I mean, I got to
0: say, my parents certainly were givers, right? So this is, well, we'll see how this how this goes over but um was talking to a client last week about it and just how their family and how she was raised and you couldn't walk through her family's door without having something to eat or something to drink same thing in my house and My mom was coined as the candy lady. So everyone at TD Bank knew that she had Jolly Ranchers in her pockets, (laughs) right? And she would always leave them with you. And if you said you didn't want them, she'd still leave them on the teller desk. (laughs) And so I think just seeing that and understanding and also believing in karma, right? I truly believe that you do get what you give. And if you do enough good, good will come to you. Um, So, I mean, for that reason, that's why I'm I'm happy to give back to to the right things, to the things that I believe in as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Hayek football team, I give back to them because I played there. I saw the Program. I talked to Farhan, I consider him a friend of mine. We were just joking over the weekend that he wishes I played there longer because I was too stubborn. I said, I'm playing hockey, I'm a hockey player. He goes, well, I've seen you run track, you, got, you can come be a running back. No, like I don't want to play football. It was a great experience, right? Um, you know, New West Salmon Belly's also played there, saw what that was about. You know, New West Minor Hockey played there until I went on into junior hockey. You know, Give back to that, breast cancer, my mom passed away from it, give back to it. Like, they're all things that I've had
1: an experience with, good or bad. And, and you also contribute to the Children's Miracle Network. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about what I just heard there, which is tenacity, right? So you're like me on the ice. You're a hard worker, right? hack a little bit, hack score a, little bit, a, few a few goals, <laughs> grind a little <laughs> bit, right? So the thing about tenacity is when it's aligned with purpose, like being of service. Um, and what was the word you used, Sorry, um, that you heard in, you learned it in R four. Oh, devotion. Devotion. Okay, so. Tenacity aligned with devotion equals resilience. You'll get around any obstacle, Mm -hmm. not a problem. Tenacity aligned with fear is stubborn. And you just said, Farhan and I were talking, and I was stubborn, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you didn't want to play football because you probably thought, I'm not going to be very good at it, or I don't want to do it, I don't know it. There was some sense Mm -hmm. of, fear maybe
0: well and i think you know i like to be very good at everything i do yeah right so if i was playing i expected to start so i better be
1: good enough to be the starting running so why would i join football when i'm already good at hockey Mm -hmm. right and yet you join real estate at 20 you know i guess you expected you would just be good at that too right i think that's common for for well i know it's common for a lot of people to want to be able to just do it um Cole plays guitar. He plays by ear. You know, I, I'll never forget when we were at a music lesson, and uh, Chris was there. Chris Schultz, great guy. Uh, takes a village to raise a family, and he was a good man in ours. And uh, I said, how do you know he plays by ear? He goes, look, his music's upside down. <laughs> so he was playing by ear. That's and awesome. Yet when he picks up instruments, he wants to be good right away too, and yet he has the ability to put the work in because there's a passion there. So, you know, that tenacity aligned with a purpose or a core value of service, let's say, you'll be resilient at everything. Mm-hmm. So just remember when you're stubborn with the wife, if you're not connecting, you're protecting. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, there's no point in having a shell. No. Right. You know? And it's just like if there's no conversation, then don't, if it's an argument, don't get involved. Just have the conversation. There's mm-hmm. no point mm-hmm. that has to be jammed down someone's throat far enough. And in business, in sales, sitting in someone's living room at 10 o'clock at night, I think you've learned some pretty darn good skills uh, on how to be instead of how not to be. Mm -hmm. Do you have any kind of recollection of story of how not to be at the table at 10 o'clock at night? I mean, one of the big things too
0: is advising, right? So not telling people what to do. You can tell them what you think they should do. but. At the end of the day, they need to make the best choice for themselves, right? Whether that's buying that home or not buying it or signing the offer to sell their home or not signing it. They have to feel good about what they're doing, right? And, you know, I look at another two things that I think are big in my business and it's customer service and communication, right? I'm going to communicate with you so you know everything that's going on and I'm going to make sure that you have a great experience. I've always looked at sales in the sense if I'm on the other side of the table, how do I want to be treated? I
1: don't like to be sold to. If you try to sell to me, I run away. So from 19 till now, what do you think was an aha moment or a mistake that you made that you never made again, that you knew, I can't do that. I have to do something different. Did you have any of those experiences?
0: Well, one of the biggest things which goes to the communication side is even if you have nothing to tell your client, tell them that you know nothing. Yeah. So if no one called about their listing over the last week when we were in tough markets, 2013, 2014, part of 2015, homes were taking, I mean, I don't know what the, you know, the benchmark numbers were, but I know that it was taking up to six months to sell homes yeah. and listings that I had. Well, that's a six
1: month relationship. Which is actually really good because you can develop the relationship if you're honest and mm-hmm. not insecure, right? Because calm confidence, the, offi- mm-hmm. the opposite of calm confidence is agitated insecurity, right? And when you're on the golf course and the phone oh, rings golf. and you're like, oh no. Oh, you're like, oh, hi, I was just about to call you, yeah. right? You want to get ahead of these things. Absolutely. So what we're talking about is having the crucial conversations, mm-hmm. right? Is not being afraid. Any, any conversation that you're afraid of having is the one you need yeah. to have. You have to deliver bad news as well as you deliver good news. Yeah. As well as, mm-hmm. not as well, <clears throat> as well as. That means you have to be as good as delivering bad news mm-hmm. as you are as delivering good news. Yep. So what do you think is a skill that you have that allows you to deliver bad news well? Well, I mean, I'm not scared of it. Mm-hmm. There, I was,
0: there was a point that I was. I like getting anything that's negative out of the way, mm-hmm. right? So I had to send a couple of emails that were not great today. I wanted to get them out of the way as humanly fast, or as fast as I could, yeah. right? Get them off my plate, because then that negative energy was gone, right. right? Now I can work on the good things, you know, the people that want my help, and, and, and the deal's going the right direction, not the other direction.
1: Right? Well, that's called delaying gratification. You wake up, you go to work Monday, and you know you need to call these people, mm-hmm. but you put it off. It ruins your day, though. That's all you think about until Thursday, and then when you finally do it, you feel good. Yeah. So that's uh, I have one client. He calls it Shit Monday. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) He gets into the office and he has two phone calls he has to make to you know directors of the company to report what's going on, and they're not the nicest people to talk (laughs) to. Uh, But he gets on the phone. He he gets it over with. He used to make the calls Fridays afternoons (laughs) till we were coaching one day, and I'm like, Why don't you do that Monday morning? He goes, You know what? So he started to do it Monday mornings, and his weeks have been so much mm-hmm. better because of what we're talking well, about. Well, the dark cloud's gone. Yeah. Right? And really, at the end of the day, Tim, they're just thoughts. Yeah. There's really nothing that bad. Everything's okay. If well, the client lets you go, you'll find another client. But It's also generally information that I can't control. Yeah.
0: Someone decided that, you know, they didn't like the Strata documents that Hang they read. Hang on
1: a What did you say? I can't control? Yeah, I can't control. What do you mean? I thought you were a control freak.
0: (laughs) You you learn as you age, I suppose. (laughs) But it really, I mean, the reality is when I'm delivering bad news to a client, it's not being inflicted because of something I did. If someone says their home is too small, that's negative to them, right? But it wasn't the right fit for that buyer. Maybe they didn't like the outlook of it or they... Who knows? It can be various reasons. Like I find feedback, which is so subjective, is typically the negative news I've got to deliver on a regular yeah. basis. doesn't matter if we show your house 10 times and it sells to one buyer or 100 times. It just means there's going to be 9 or 99 negative comments.
1: Yeah. And you know what? When you're asking for feedback, uh, if the people tell you it's great, but don't write an offer, I don't want them. Right? I always uh-huh. just tell my clients, it's uh, don't be mad at the people that just wrote this low offer. Be mad at the ones that didn't write the offer. <laughs> Uh, It's all perspective, Mm -hmm, right? And framing perspective. And it sounds to me like you've gained a skill set of how you can frame your feedbacks and how you can frame your communications Mm -hmm. in a way that is delivered, but it's not delivered in such a way that's negative because you don't like negative energy Mm -hmm. and you clean it up right away, right? You get it done. You move on with it, which makes you clear because now you're not defocused by negative emotions. You can be focused. The practical stuff gets done better when you're focused, um, so what's next, what's next, buddy? Like, uh, let's just imagine as if COVID goes away mm-hmm. in the next year and you you got this strong business, uh, you've got an assistant working with you now that's, that's working right. good. You've got this young lad kind of working with you. I kind of mm-hmm. see that turning into, mm-hmm. you know, maybe him being a, uh, a representative of your brand. Yeah. No, I um, definitely think there's some
0: opportunity there.
1: Yeah. And for people out there that are listening and building teams, what you want to do is you want to give them your core values and you want to give them your purpose so they can advocate for your core values Mm -hmm. and purpose. And they will get pride through you that stops them from being salespeople comparing to others. And they'll think what we have is special and that's important. And then they'll just want to be better for themselves. So, 2022 2023 you're moving into the house when when are you moving in the house yeah the key is December 2nd we move on December 3rd Danielle's got
0: everything planned down to the hour wow <laughs> so Christmas in the new home yeah Christmas in the new home I mean Christmas lights getting put up outside hired out right I'm not doing I'm not getting We're up only- on the
1: ladder it's all already done so uh, why don't I just end with a little highlight? We were in Vegas. We went to the convention mm-hmm. R four, and you took me for dinner. We went to the steakhouse. You got my favorite wine, cake, bread. Yes, which I texted you a couple weeks <laughs> <That's> ago. <right. laughs> and it's like it was it was such a nice surprise. You bought me dinner, which yes. was great. Uh, and now here you are. So what's next? Is it like do you see yourself just strengthening your business and setting up camp around this level or? Do you see yourself wanting to grow and maybe build a team? Yeah, no, definitely scale, right? And just putting in even better
0: systems. So that's something that you know was reminding me of Sid next to you again today is that even better if. Mm-hmm. So how do you make things better? That's how you know we're making our general systems better. And
1: how can I serve my clients better as well, right? So that's the feedback frame of WWW: What worked well mm-hmm. and EBI: Even better if. Mm-hmm. And the reason we do that is it keeps the people in reward. So, what worked well was you were at the house and you let the people in. That was great. It would have been even better if you'd have picked up the dog bombs in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just want or you to got know. the lights on before they arrived because yeah. we've been on both sides of that, right? And then we go into business with your <clears> assistant. <throat> wow, what works well is you came here today. It'd be even better if you weren't watching videos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, what worked well, even better if. It's a great feedback frame, and it's a great way for life. And then that brings us to plus oneing, mm-hmm. which is even better if. It's like, okay, so we're here. I want to scale. How can I do the small, the smallest next step to scale to get to the next level? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been great going back in time with I you. I know. We
0: haven't time. seen
1: each other forever. Um, so what I want to say to you is, is uh, I still think you have more potential. And I hope that fires you up. Uh, and I hope that, uh, you know, maybe we'll get together in the next little while for some beers, Mm -hmm. Uh, but thanks for being here. No, absolutely. It's my pleasure. I'm honored that you asked me to
0: be on here. And I mean, you can kind of look at it this way too, on the giving back side of things. You've done so much for me that
1: as soon as you text me, it wasn't a, can I do it? It's I'll be there. Brilliant. Love that. All right. Well, thank you, Tim. And uh, here's to a great 2022, 2023 and vacations with your lovely wife coming forward. I'll give her a quick shout out. I love Danielle. So, hey, Danielle, take care of this man and make sure he takes care of you. Thanks for being here. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Take care.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Master Your Genius podcast. You can rate and review this episode on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Master Your Genius.